That's actually really good. (laughs) I can't help you with that. (laughs) Wait, so yeah, we got to record an intro with you just doing that damn laugh. You know, what's the odds we get popular enough where we get sued from the Tales from the Crypt like people? Uh, It depends on if they actually revive the show like they're talking about. No, they tried to, but they couldn't get the copyright or something. There was actually a problem. Well, not only that, but they also got M. Night Shyamalan. Which means we're going to get a bunch of twist endings that don't make sense. Exactly. It was just people in costumes the whole time. That's going to be the ending to every episode. <laughs> Whatever the case was, it was just it was just a made-up story from the village. Ah, uh, God fucking damn it. I Anywho. Didn't, I didn't hate that movie as much as you did, though. Uh, uh, f- uh, what's bad is I probably won't hate it as much if I go ahead and go back and watch it, cause now knowing it's not supposed to be a horror. Now that you know that it's a crappy ending, when you go back and watch it, you can just enjoy like the characters and the story. You know how it ends, so there's no pressure of getting that awesome twist ending originally you felt some pressure like oh i hope this ending is satisfying now nah, watch, watching and knowing that the ending is not satisfying you can actually enjoy the movie a little bit more well to be honest i didn't really mind the ending as much as i went into expecting it to be a horror movie because that's how the trailers advertised it when even m night Shyamalan said it is not a horror it's actually meant to be a romance i didn't find it to be romantic at all but well what i don't do you know, expect I mean, when all the characters are fucking dry as shit what was his explanation for The Last Airbender? Because that was a piece of shit. Uh, easy. He did not watch the damn series. They gave him $100 million, and that's what he came up with. He did not watch the series. Most likely what it is is his three-year-old daughter probably told him what it was about. <laughs> and he just went, let's do it. Yeah, that was probably the biggest disappointment of his career, I think, for me. That was the biggest disappointment that hit the big screen yeah, I mean, ever. Yeah. You think about the quality of Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, Signs, and then you slowly start to go downhill. And think about Climaxing with Last Airbender being the worst big budget movie of all time. And think about how pissed off. He literally made enemies of everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Because everyone loved that show. I love that damn show. I have the entire series on DVD. It's one of the most popular cartoons and one of the most highly rated cartoons, too. Yes, you know, when uh, the Will Smith movie After Earth came out, they didn't even mention that M. Night Shyamalan had directed it. Oh, I know. I it was the first this. time, like, in the previews where they didn't mention his name. It was like, oh, he's, he's in hot water with the Everybody. world, basically, because he's, like, just for hire, basically. That was what his career had gone down to. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, M. Night Shyamalan, when he just directs movies, at least nowadays, when he just directs movies, he's good at it. Yeah. Back in his older days, he knew how to write a decent story. Yeah. But now he should just stick with just directing because whatever he has in his head is not how it's being portrayed on screen. I thought he was going to have a comeback because he had a Split, which was actually pretty good. But he wrote that about 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, well, well, the problem with Split was good and then it tied it into like the Unbreakable uh, universe. But then Glass came out and again, the biggest piece of shit disappointment you could possibly dream of. Right. I don't understand it, but that's besides the point. All right, we've ranted for minutes on M. Night Shalaham. Now, I don't think any of his movies will ever, will ever really qualify for our podcast, though. As bad as he got, I don't think it really made a B movie, per se. Hell no. We could make... We could, because I don't want to watch Last Airbender again. We could really do a deep don't, dive into the village and just... Please don't put <laughs> any kind of bad juju on me, or I will find a way to have the Crypt Keeper tell a story about your life. That sounds like an amazing... Can you do that voice for like a full hour, though? Probably not. <laughs> you got the laugh down. Now you got you to work on like the voice, though, because the intro for Tales from the Crypt was always like the first two minutes was him talking. Right. An episode. Yeah, but the problem is I have tried to imitate the voice, but after a while, 
you can definitely tell the quality goes from very top to then drop into my normal accent. You just need more Mountain Dew, that's all. I probably need no Mountain Dew. You for load that. up with seven Mountain Dews. You can do the Crypt Keeper <laughs> the whole night. Merry Christmas. So we're going to sit. Hold on, let me do that again. What the fuck was that? <laughs> I was trying to do the Fright Night thing with the. Merry Christmas. We already know you can't do voices. I know, I can't at all. All right, well, listen, happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, doesn't matter. If you don't celebrate anything, doesn't matter at all. Today, we are going to be reviewing that wonderful Christmas classic, Santa's Sleigh. Is it really a classic? I don't know. The word classic is thrown around pretty loosely these days. I was about to say. I mean... It's a good movie. It's a decent... Not a a good movie. It's It's a a decent movie. Cult classic. Says who? Members of the cult. (laughs) I mean, I'm a member. Aren't you a member? Probably not. All right, the truth is, nobody demanded that we review this movie. We, on our own accord, were thinking about wonderful Christmas B-movies, and the first thing that popped in our minds was Santa Slay. Yeah. not saying that's the right answer, but it was the first thing that popped in our heads, and that means something, doesn't it? Well, yeah, I will say, because whenever you think of Christmas B-movie magic, most people are automatically Santa Slay. We had Santa Slay. We thought about Silent Night, Deadly Night. Christmas Horror Story. Which um, just recently came out, what, three, four years ago? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Jack Frost is like the killer snowman movie. That's actually a good one, too. I don't feel like watching a snowman rape a woman to death. With a carrot. With a carrot. You know that was Shannon Elizabeth from American Pie. Yes, I know. Like pre-American Pie fame. So. Yes, I know. <laughs> I mean, look, that's, I mean, that's, that's a Christmas B movie. A, a killer snowman, you can't get better than that. Um, but you do know that the second movie took place on a... Uh, tropical island? Yeah. I didn't see it. I saw the poster. Was that good? <laughs> No. That's terrible. I'm glad I didn't watch it. Uh, I mean, eh? It, it still you had actually to... watched it? No. Okay. I just watched a kill count on it. Uh, that's the next best thing these days. So. Exactly. Because guess what? You don't want to watch a movie. Watch somebody else torture themselves by watching the fucking movie. That's true. They waste an hour and a half. You wasted seven minutes. So. Well, I guess really with this pack, with, with the uh, video I watched, it was about more 15, 20 minutes. Oh, my God. You still put too much way, way too much time into it. He was talking about the kills. Kills are fun to watch. It's Jack Frost too. <laughs> no, you can. You're allowed to watch the trailer. That's it. Two minutes. <laughs> you don't even want to watch that, to be honest with you. There's not that many Christmas B movies, though. No, nope, we, we just named like five. And in fact, another Christmas movie, not really a B movie, just recently came out this year. What's that? Fat Man. Oh yes. With Mel Gibson, Walton Goggins, and Miriam John Baptiste. Wasn't bad. No, it was not. It was a pretty decent movie. Uh, don't go in expecting it to be a major action movie like the trailer show. No, this is not Lethal Weapon 5. Hell no. This is liter- literally, you get an hour and a half of an actual dram- dramatic story with a 15-minute cl- like fight that really well, makes no sense. Well, quite frankly, Mel Gibson is too old for this shit, as he always says. Well, what's Weapon, bad so. is Mel Gibson's really only in two minutes of the fight. It. I, I can't really describe the fight because obviously that gives away the movie. And the movie's still out. And honestly, I do recommend people to watch it. All right, back to Santa Slay. So this movie came out in 2005, actually. I was about to say, were you about to say 1996? No. For some reason, you were about to say 1990 something. I said 2005. Where do you you literally were like, this movie came out in 2005. <laughs> 96, Goldberg was a wrestler, so Goldberg would not have been in a movie at that time. Oh, actually, he was in that damn Universal Soldier sequel. I was about to say. You remember that movie? A little bit. He was actually a 
pretty good. Uh, he wasn't the main villain. He was like the, the main henchman, though. Mm. Michael J. White was the main dude. Of course, Van Damme. That's, actually, that's a good B-movie one day, too. So, uh. Let's talk about this movie a little bit. So I saw this way back in the day when it first came out. I think it gained a pretty good cult following over the years. When it first came out, maybe only wrestling fans saw it or Goldberg fans. Me and my friends watched it, laughed our asses off, have watched it probably at least once every three years since 2005. This is the first time I watched it with a critical eye, though, as a podcast reviewer, which, as Nick is learning, that these podcasts basically ruin movies for you, suddenly hate them, and the things you used to love about them, now you hate them. This has been Nick's experience with every single movie we've reviewed so far. <laughs> he shits on everything we do here, so even classics like Tremors and Fright Night, and can't say Urban Legend's a classic, but... I was um, about to say, but that was the only one. That was the only one he liked was Urban Legend. But anyways, not true. Um, I think I gave Fright Night a higher grade than I gave damn Urban I, Legend. I think you might have gave them the same ish. No, I know. It was about like gave... two and a half stars. You you've given nothing three stars though. <laughs> two and a half is is the the furthest mile you're willing to walk is two and a half miles apparently, and I don't think that trend's gonna break today. So <laughs> with Santa Slay, I don't know your thoughts yet, but I'm not I'm thinking you're not maybe going with three stars for this either. But we'll see. No. <laughs> Uh, first thing, when do you recall first seeing the movie? Uh, actually, the day that Spike decided to air it on their damn channel. They were, even had an interview with Goldberg. I think I was watching Lethal Weapon 3 mm. on Spike that day, with 4 coming right after that. And they had an interview with Goldberg saying, yeah, my new movie's about to come out. I get to play Killer Santa Claus. I'm like, I am now interested. I wonder what the TV version was like, though. They had to edit some stuff out, I'm guessing. If you haven't noticed, even the actual movie version is very light in comparison. I think this was a made-for-TV movie. Even the scene in the strip club, you think? There were some I mean, there were titties, but sure. that's besides the point. They would have blurted out. Can't show they don't... Sp- well, okay. I, guess I was about to say, it's Spike. It. Spike showed some... And it was late-night Spike, so they showed some pretty fucked-up stuff. I'm trying to think if I recall any F-bombs drop in the movie. I don't think there was any real big language. Uh, the, gr- the old lady... Oh, yeah. Old lady's like... Oh, we're going to talk about the old lady. <laughs> I don't want to go in detail about her, but... You're right, and all the kills in this movie are pretty tame and not really that bloody or gory. Right. I think the gory... Creative kills, but not really gory, though. I think the goriest one was when the fucking buffalo dies. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And it explodes, basically. Yeah. yeah. Santa Fran Slang, Dresser. One of the most annoying-sounding actresses. Yes. That voice... Would you take that voice, uh, spe- whispering in your ear, or screeching the chalkboard? What do you think? Honestly, I'd have to go with Fran. I mean, I grew up watching her show, The Nanny, so I'm already used to the voice. You're used to it, okay. So, but... I would I, rather Freddy Krueger scrape the chalkboard versus her voice. You would? Yeah. I would rather her voice. No, I can't do it. Remember what happened last time Freddy scraped chalkboard? Guy's head exploded. Yeah, but he already had some kind of hearing problem, uh, so... With a fresh set of ears, I'd be good. He was already missing one ear, so... Now he you, added supersonic hearing to this kid. A nice hearing from you, Carlos. And also another character. She's from Friends also, by the way. Yeah, so. Oh, yeah. And another character that a lot of people may recognize if they're watching our podcast, Rebecca Gerhardt. The killer Ur- from Urban Legends. The yes. No, the Noxzema girl. Yeah, Noxzema girl. She lived in that movie just to die in five seconds in this one. So we have this family dinner scene. And it's fucking hilarious, I with, will admit. With a lot of cameos. Oh, yeah. James Kahn, Chris Catan from mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live slash Night the Roxbury slash Corky <laughs> Romano fame. Um, as he I said, w- Rebecca Gayhart. There was one actress who I feel like I recognized her but couldn't really place her. Which like, one? The one that got the spike in the neck? Yes. 
which she looked familiar. I'm pretty sure she's famous, but I just couldn't. I think that the point was everybody in that scene was supposed to be relatively famous, right? But I couldn't place her. But what I really loved in that scene was Santa blowing the fire on Fran Dresser's hair. That was like a cool. All the deaths there were cool as hell. Re- really. Rebecca Gayhart did not have that cool of a death. She literally got whacked with the table light. <laughs> okay, maybe not that one. The dog had a better death than her. Okay, yeah, so you had... Wait, by the way, before we get to that, these characters were the most unlikable group of... Oh, hell yeah. There was one line that one of them said they were making, they were, uh, making grace before eating the dinner, and one of them was like, thank you for not making us poor or Samoan. Right. And <laughs> what? And James Caan losing his shit. D- right. Chris Catan. He gets like kicked against a thing. Yeah, he gets he's kicked. Not, he's not dead. There's no way. There's no way you could die for that. He, his back well, hit the thing and he fell down Well, I mean, it's Santa Claus. He probably had like some kind of air stabbing power. He's an airbender probably for all we know. That's true. And you notice Santa drinking the wine in between killing them. <laughs> taking a shot of the wine. Uh, Was she- that another one just fainted? Yeah. James, Pro- James Conn gets the most brutal thing. He gets most brutal. The, the uh, turkey leg in his mouth. And then what's it, he slammed, slammed up against the table. Yeah, crazy. But then you also get fucking Ninja Santa with a damn, with a damn Christmas star. Yeah. <laughs> Just, what the hell? <laughs> all of this is within five minutes. Basically, this scene is to introduce that Santa's no joke. Santa is... He wants to kill. Santa's Jason Bourne. Yep. James Bond. Yep. And Jason Voorhees all combined to one unstoppable killer as he comes down. And he has some pretty good one-liners throughout the movie, too. Oh, he has better one-liners than maybe anybody sans Freddy Krueger. <laughs> right. His lines are amazing, and Goldberg's delivery of the lines makes the whole movie work. Oh, yeah. Um, but so this first scene is just here to introduce that this is a badass. This is a random kill has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. None of the kills have anything to do with the movie. By the way, James Conn's a great actor. He's... He's from The Godfather. What the hell is he doing? How, who? They just wanted him to say that one line. Whose uh, sister-in-law's nephew directed the movie that got, had to was able to get him in this movie? Because he just wanted to say that one line. It couldn't even been a, a good payday. I'm like, don't they get him in this movie? Hell, I would have gladly taken Sonny that role Cor- just to say Sonny it. Corleone from The Godfather. Anyways, I was shocked to see him in this, but um, yeah. So from there, that's our opening scene, which really. Which I introduces say, us I, to I'm, the best character. And to be honest with you, this was, in my opinion, the fa- my favorite scene in the whole movie. Yeah. Just stating that within five minutes, we get my favorite scene. What does that say about the rest of the movie? Look, maybe I've been drinking too much eggnog, but I'm thinking like this versus the opening of Scream. These might be the two best openings to a horror anything ever. I'm like, the Drew Barrymore kill versus this? Honestly, like, I man. have to give, give put my money on Scream as oh, my yeah, favorite horror opening yeah, out of I, the two. I'm only half serious, but, it, but um, <laughs> in my brain, I'm like, I can't think of a better opening to introduce a movie. So next scene, I love, the, I love this scene for one reason. We get an angry old grandma. Yeah, you know, I would say that this was the worst customer in the history of anything. Oh, hell yeah. Especially, of small businesses. And again, this is something that you cannot do this day and age. Granny's like, don't you cut that PC crap with me. It's Christmas. Wish me Merry Christmas. She <laughs> cussed out everybody, basically. Right. The owner. She told the kid, like, you're, what, you're an asshole just like your father, basically. You're, you're an asshole just like your grandfather. Hopefully you didn't get his Christmas spirit from him, too. And then when she's walking out, she sees the, the girl. Called and she her calls her whore. whore. Yep. That's the whore. Okay, so 
the movie was starting out in a way where it was like, oh, well, Santa Claus is targeting unlikable characters who deserve to die. Yeah, because she was next. So this is now, you like the first scene the best. My favorite scene is this scene, her driving on the road. <laughs> Here comes Santa on his sleigh. Which he could have just went around her. So the funny thing is Santa has a horn. He beeps the horn first. <laughs> He's actually like, beep, beep, beep. Move, bitch, get out the way. <gasps> and she's like, F you. So he does what any reasonable person does and drives her off the road and her car explodes and she dies. So. Yeah, exactly. I that mean, was a reasonable, she got it coming, so. Exactly, I would have done it. I mean, what? So for me, like 10 minutes in, I'm like, this is the greatest movie ever. <laughs> like, so, and then the next, the next bit is we actually get a joke that they say twice. I don't know why. They apparently think this is funny. But it's like, the kid picks up a nutcracker. Hey, what's this? Well, it's a nutcracker. Yeah, thanks. Like, bitch, if you knew what it was, why'd you ask? Yeah, that wasn't good dialogue at all. And then they did it again with the girl who's supposed to be smart. Nah, she wasn't too smart. No, she wasn't. But still, again, what is the? why did y'all think this that joke was so good you had to use it a second time? Like, if you know exactly what it is, why the fuck did you ask what it is? So what starts to happen in the movie, and it happens literally with the first scene with the kids at the shop, mm. and then it, when they're driving home from the shop, it happens again. The trend that starts to emerge from my viewing experience is that when the movie cuts away from Goldberg, it's not as fun and no longer as watchable. But every time Goldberg's on the scene and Santa's there killing somebody, I'm having the time of my life. But when Like with the hoodlum that tried to rob him. This guy. <laughs> Why would you even put... Who has the just the idiocracy of putting your a knife up to Santa? If any kind of Santa sitting on the side with a ding-a-ling, you really telling me that Santa ain't packing? So, unfortunately for this criminal, or this would-be criminal, I guess... Yeah, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't have much of a criminal future ahead of him, but... Uh, hell no. Him, look, Santa Claus happens to be uh, chewing on a, a candy cane, and you know... Stuck on a candy cane long enough, it gets very, very sharp. Right to the head. Oh, yeah. And then he actually disposes of the criminal in the trash can. And well, he needs we have to make sure he doesn't litter. Throw to the dumpster. Yeah, he needs to make sure he doesn't litter. So, again, the first couple of death scenes, I'm having the time of my life. If this whole movie is just Goldberg going around as Santa and killing random people, although, again, so far he's killed all people who've deserved it, all bad people he's killed so far. At the moment. I'm like, this is the greatest. Like, again, this is a great slasher. The death scenes, not gory, but still fun. They're more, it's creative. more action. Yeah, and they're creative. It's like, we know he's going to kill them in some festive Christmas type way. I mean, it almost reminds me of a movie I watched called Blood Moon, where the uh, killer goes after fighters because he wants to be the best fighter. Yeah. Like, okay then. So, so here's, here's a scene that probably pisses you off yeah. as much as me. The kid mispronounces the Necronomicon. Oh my God! Oh, and it does. And the book he, the grandfather pulls out doesn't even look like a fucking Necronomicon. No, it's at least uh, five thousand pages thicker than the Necronomicon. No, I can't say either, but <laughs> that book from the Evil Dead, the book of the dead, it's at least three sizes bigger than that. So explain to me why we should even root for this kid at this point. Well, first of all, this gra- this mysterious grandpa. Is like at first striking me Mysterious. like striking me like as a a fake doc from Back of the Future. He's got crazy. You know what's inv- bad? Crazy inventions going and all this stuff. And you well, know what's bad? Well, Amelia said the same thing. I, 
it, it, it looks like before we get this mythic background, I'm thinking this is like uh, some failed scientist in his basement who's going to have some crazy invention that's going to take Goldberg out. <laughs> but instead, we start to get this weird mythology backstory about Santa Claus being the Antichrist, pretty much being a uh, a child of Satan and the Virgin Erica. So basically, I don't know if you remember Rosemary's Baby, but in the movie, she ends up giving birth to Satan. Yes. Uh, or having Satan's child, even. So. Well, well I mean, hell, to be honest with so, you, we still don't really know exactly what she had a baby to, because before we get to see the baby, this is where this movie works, ends. works as a perfect prequel. <laughs> that baby grew or up sequel. to be that baby grew up to be Goldberg. So then, it's sequel, not prequel. No, Rosemary's Baby was a prequel. I'm saying. Oh. To this. No, we just. We're saying the same thing. But the that baby was Goldberg. But the character's name wasn't Erica, and she wasn't a virgin. That was all stuff they added in just to make it sound like the Bible. So, uh, well, okay, whatever. Regardless, <laughs> the point is, we and she to, wasn't alive for over ten thousand years. Okay, my theory has been poked in half. All right, <laughs> you, you, you theory crushing son of a gun. <laughs> Bottom line, we get this crazy backstory about Goldberg, Santa Claus being the son of Satan. And we also, well, we don't learn it yet, though. We get just a little bit hint of it right now so far. And then his girlfriend, who we just saw, comes over again? Yeah, with, with Roadkill. Wolverine. That is probably not cooked all the way. And this is clearly a budding romance. Well, budding romance and also to establish where they're going to be able to get the firepower for the ending. By stating yeah. her father... I'm just going to say it. He's part of the NRA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that'll come in really in handy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, this, this, this movie definitely shows why, how guns save people, especially a whole group of people with guns when you're being chased by a water buffalo. Without us even intending that, it's becoming a common thing through Tremors, through, well, maybe not an urban legend, but through Tremors in this movie, certainly these are very pro-gun, pro, and not like Having a gun saves the day. Well, to be it? honest with you, Fright Night and Tremors, they weren't really pro-gun. It was just, hey, we need to make sure we establish these characters have a gun. So hey, Bert, it's not out of nowhere that they Bert, have it. Bert and Tremors was definitely pro-gun. Oh, right? yeah. That's besides the He point. was ready for... We haven't gotten to his pro-gunniness yet. So. You haven't seen the other Tremors movies. No, I never will. Yes, you will. No. Um, All right. I will make him. So... Continue this right now. The, what do you think so far about the... I don't I don't really care for the main character or the girl. Can we just get back to Santa killing people? Yes. Because the next scene is the damn strip club. One of the, one of the best scenes ever. <laughs> it's funny. As you said, the opening scene was your favorite. I was saying the same thing, but as we're going through it now, I'm liking these Goldberg scenes more and more. So the strip club, he pulls up and his, with, his, with his sleigh, of course. And his buffalo. And he, he, gets va- he wants Valley Park. He expects Valley Park. And that's what's funny. He tosses the key to the valet like, hey. And the valet's just like, uh, how do I drive this? Um, oh, holy shit. By the way, this, this poor valet not only doesn't end up getting a tip, but he ends up getting eaten by the damn No, oh, That's buffalo. his tip. Don't, do, not ex- do not take random sleighs with water buffalo. So, Santa or Goldberg. And also, why does he need a key? I don't know. I, the key thing was just funny. He tossed the key like he'd been in valley parking his whole life. Like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what's I mean, his... granted, he has a horn, too, so... What's his life like at the North Pole, I wonder, but... Um, I don't know, but Mrs. Claus apparently makes some good cookies. Well, apparently he's familiar with strip clubs because he knows, he knows exactly where to go in town and get to one. And So, well, the thing was, though, 
So he, he quickly kills the security guard, walks in. He's asked, actually, they asked him, like, you know, what are you doing here? And he says something that's not too specific. But oh, no, he doesn't even, no one even asked him. He kisses, he randomly grabs a girl and kisses her because she was under a missile. No, no, outside, the security guard says something to him. Oh, yeah, it's like, um. He said, like, I'm, I'm here for the show or something. Oh, yeah, that's... he's like, I'm here, I'm here for the show. Well, sorry, sir, show's but I'm like, there's no one in the strip club. You're going to turn away a customer? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So just, he kills that guy, rightfully so. Oh, yeah. He breaks his neck with a wreath. But then he goes in and like, yeah, so the strippers are there stripping. But then Goldberg just starts, he starts shit with everybody. He starts killing everybody. Oh, yeah. And my question was, was he going in to see the strippers or was he going in to kill people? Well, to be honest, if those guys didn't come at him with getting ready to swing on him, he probably still would have killed him anyway. So Yeah. and then But he would have enjoyed a show first and then killed him. But he killed security and then left alone with the strippers. He decides to burn the place down and kill everybody. So... Yeah, well, he didn't kill the preacher. Well, that, the preacher got away, though. Yeah, and he, fuck this he, preacher. He would have killed him. He, might, he probably didn't even see the preacher. So. Probably not. But still, fuck this preacher because he literally took everybody's hard-earned money to a strip club. He went straight to the strip club. Yeah. <laughs> didn't even take off the damn white part of his damn preaching outfit either. I hope there was a back entrance because those poor strippers, you burned Oh, the no, place. they did. They, they they went all to a back room. I assume there's a back entrance. Uh, in a later scene with the preacher, he's actually given a eulogy about all the dead strippers. Oh, damn. So right. they all died. Damn. Damn. Well, that's the first time that Goldberg killed some innocent people in this movie, so. I mean, were they innocent, this... though? <laughs> I mean, you notice how he had a sanitized. were stripping to pay for their tuition. But they had. But <laughs> they even... paid for their college. But the, here's the problem. That's he what I've been told. It. He sanitized the stripper pole, which tells me one of those strippers at least had AIDS. So maybe by killing her, he prevented a, a massive widespread of AIDS to the entire community. Exactly. He's still killing people that deserve it then. All right. Because <laughs> them damn security guards definitely deserved it. Oh, yeah. But one of them strippers, at least one of them, was just trying to pay her way through medical school. I know it. Because that is what I've been told about strippers. So, Probably, uh, to be honest, probably the bartender. Yeah. Probably. Um, okay. So now we go back to more backstory and more animation explaining the grandpa is an angel. He went from Doc from Back of the Future to I can't even think like an old man angel from a movie that I can mm -hmm. reference even. So, and now back to Goldberg killing people with two presents to trash talking kids. Oh man, now that listen. would have to be the most random but hilarious scene in the whole fucking movie. You know, I didn't celebrate Christmas growing up, and this made me happy I did it just in case <laughs> some shit like this happened. Imagine you just think you're getting a, a PlayStation 5 under the Christmas tree. Well, remember, first you got to talk to the kids. I want to know what's under my motherfucking present. Yeah, can we open our motherfucking present now? Of course, sweetie. Yay, motherfucking. <laughs> and there goes their heads, and then the grandma's just like, fuck. <laughs> and parents were like, we're going to have to adopt. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't give two shits. They I didn't on hear quick. one scream. So. Yeah, well, you know, this movie does a good job of, like, always trying to make characters annoying before they get killed. But I will say this. What about the sandwich shop owner? Yeah, he was the only one. He seemed like a good dude. He was the only one that we don't we don't really get to know enough to know if he actually did anything. But he's definitely on the nice list until he got, you know, one of his. Well, it's the fact that he's Jewish, actually. Remember oh how God. the Hebrew star actually did hurt Santa? I don't know why the cross didn't. 
Yeah. But apparently the Jewish star is. So I get a sense at this point in the movie because at a certain point, we have to have Santa Goldberg coming for our main characters. So we have to pivot away from him being like this likable, cool dude. And now like he's got to start killing characters we like in order to have us cheer the human beings when they... This is probably the only character he kills that we actually like in the whole fucking movie. But from this, he's now... He's on a path towards our, our, and to be honest, our teenage characters we're supposed to care about. And to be about. honest, until he actually sees the picture, he's really just looking. He wa- I mean, we later on you find out exactly how he knew the grandfather, where the grandfather was yeah. then. But we know from the backstory that him and the grandpa are going to clash, and these teenagers are going to be right in the middle of it. Speaking oh, yeah. of that, um, I want to bring up the, um, the backstory of uh, their, their duel they had, a little rock. Oh, duel. yeah, the curling. Do you agree with me that basically the old man cheated by knocking his rock into the hole? Oh, heck no. That's actually some of the strategy that you use in the actual game itself. That's bullshit. That is cheating. <laughs> it should be in the rules that you can't touch my rock, all right? Well, you, the, you can get as close as you can as the hole, but you can't touch my rock. Well, again, that is one of the strategies most pe- most professional curlers use. But that means, see the, that means whoever goes second always has a mean advantage. Whoever's going first is at a disadvantage because well, it, the second one's going to knock my damn rock in the hole. Also, you need to, a lot of curlers, when they go first, they try not to get that close to them because they're also given at least three chances. I'm just saying, if this means I'm going to be condemned to hell for a thousand years, I'm asking for a recount, all right? <laughs> Goldberg should have took that one to court. Well, and he didn't even go to hell for a thousand years. He would have enjoyed it. He's That's from it. hell. Yeah, wait, wait. What's his punishment? It was his punishment was to stay jolly. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Who wants to do that for a thousand years? I don't like doing that past 12 o'clock in the afternoon, so... Remember, nice stops at midnight. Yeah, true. And it's midnight somewhere. I'm just saying, for the angel from heaven, that was some cheating, uh, lowbrow, um, I mean, it was bush either, league type of stuff. It was stuff. either that or continue the day of slangs. Oh, so this is funny. Now, this was just pure coincidence. So as we were preparing to do this podcast, uh, Tiny Lister Jr. actually passed away. Unfortunately. Uh, one of our favorite actors has been in I can't really say 5,000 supporting roles we've all enjoyed. Right. I can't really say one of my favorite actors. I just, but. One of my favorite, like, uh, low-key supporting actors. Exactly. Cause, I mean, to be honest with you, most people know him as Debo from Friday. Others know him as big ass motherfucker from No Holds Bars. Um, you know what I saw reference online a lot though. I forgot about though. You remember like in the Dark Knight, when um, the Joker sets up the thing where you have a bomb on the boat and a bomb on the. Oh other yeah, show. Tiny Lister was in that. He's, he's the co- he's the cop. He takes the detonator and he's throws like, it right out the window. I'm gonna do what you should have done ten minutes ago. That's like a little power. But people like really like brought that like that was a powerful moment from the movie. That's like. One of the biggest movies of all time, Dark mm-hmm. Knight. So that, that, that alone puts it in cinematic history. And another, uh, and to be honest with you, uh, now realizing his death, it actually reminded Amelia of Michael Clark Duncan and yeah. his passing. Very, they're both very similar, right? And both very similar, except for Michael Clark Duncan was more shorter and stocky, whereas, D, whereas Tiny Lister was tall and stocky. Yeah. But the versatility for him to be in Dark Knight doing that dramatic scene... And then at the same time, he's here in Santa's sleigh. <laughs> yeah. 
by pure coincidence, we already planned to review this. We're going to do our next episode. going to be No Holds Barred to give a, a proper tribute. But he's even here in Santa Slate, which I love. He did the most A movie possible. And at the same time, he's doing stuff like this, which is the most B movie possible. So. And then he was, and he, I just love his lines. Like, well, what are you doing around here? Too much violence in the hood. <laughs> yes, sir. Love but it. to be honest with you, you introduce Tiny Lister. And he does have a background in wrestling. Mm-hmm. So here's the real question. Why didn't you have Goldberg and Tiny Lister go at it at that, least once? I mean, Goldberg versus Zeus was his wrestling name, or Goldberg versus Debo, which is his Friday name. Those are both badass matchups. He's a badass. Exactly. So, so again, that would have been what they should have done for the ending instead of what they fucking did. Maybe they had him for like a day of filming or something. Probably. So... Let's get back to Goldberg killing people. Goldberg took out the whole police station. <laughs> we I don't mean, even get to hey, see it. This is some straight Terminator shit. This is like classic just, Predator was, Terminator And here's shit. the real question. Did he just walk in and kill it and just start killing everybody? Because notice how there did not look like there was any kind of struggle from anybody in there. You don't hear anything. Yeah, where's the gunshots at? Anything? And here's another question. He... Santa literally came into the office almost right after the main character. You tell me he did not see a damn thing. Yeah. I think I think they were going for like that scene from the Terminator or even Jeepers Creepers when the creeper takes over the police station. But the problem is they don't have the budget for it, so you can't get the police <laughs> shootout with the guns firing. You would think the police, the entire police force released empty out all their ammunition while getting slaughtered. Right. So Goldberg basically quietly kills the entire police force. Somehow. The man ain't that quiet. Which means that if our, if our hero is going to be defeating Santa, it's not going to be because the Cavalry police come and save the day, which they, they never do in horror movies anyway. I'm about to say, what good are yeah, they? They're already pretty uh, much I useless I even have that anyways. written down. What good are they? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and the one thing we're noticing with all these movies, with every horror movie we do, is that the cops are always useless. And also, these cops, they were very... Again, another part of this movie that could not be done today, these cops were very fucking offensive. I mean, think about it. They really, literally arrested some Amish people just for being fucking Amish at this point. And they kept pushing. <laughs> the Amish people were there, and then they got arrested, and that was like an ongoing joke. And I was like, huh? I didn't. I got where it could be funny, but they didn't do enough with that to really make that funny. It was uh-uh. just weird. Right. They didn't follow through with the joke. It's like, we know this is offensive. Uh, let's just stop the joke before it gets any worse. I think you might as well have them like cut to like Goldberg had killed the Amish people, basically. Or, Goldberg, no or the Amish people got away because, again, Hebrew star. Or something funny. If they showed Goldberg just was like randomly... Or the star David, I think it's called. If Goldberg was randomly scared of the Amish people. Like, he walked by on the streets <laughs> like, oh, ah, ah. Like, he's scared. Like, he stays away from well, them. Well, actually, remember... Like, there's kryptonite. Get, we did get one scene where Goldberg just stares at him like he's about to kill him and then just lets him walk away. Yeah. He's confused. <laughs> he's like, what is this churning butter nonsense? Like, All right. Um, so, uh, and then... We get some more bullshit. And then we get probably the last kill in the movie, and that is the Carolers. Yes. Yeah, I mean, last kill before the whole bullshit that me and you both did not like at all. No, not at all. Because then we get, and that was also the last thing I wrote, was the Carolers' death. But he just massacres the Carolers. And then... I got to say, all the deaths in this movie are on point. Right, and the, then, de- the death scenes like they they aren't um, the death scenes are better than most Friday Thirty movies from the standpoint of they're a lot more creative than someone getting stabbed with a knife outside of Friday Thirty Part Seven where Jason was very creative, but <laughs> a lot more creative because they all have that Christmas spin to it. Um, yeah, great stuff. Uh, the 
I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit. Probably get at the ending now because there's like a lot well, of. Well, um, I mean, there's still. There's is still there anything else another, worth talking about in the there? Grant, when Grandpa gets ran over by a reindeer, that okay. was probably. To be honest with you, it's probably the more most intense scene because you got that big booming music in the background. Santa Claus is just walking towards him, and he's looking big as fuck. Yeah. He even they even make the joke that man, you let yourself go. And then all of a sudden, grandfather gets ran over, and you just get that big booming voice with the music. Like, oh, grandpa got ran over by a reindeer. <laughs> that was good. I was like, well, for one, that's a fucking buffalo. Yeah. Not a fucking reindeer. But now we can get to the ending. <laughs> well, eventually, we know that our end game for this movie is Goldberg chasing our teenager teenage heroes, based on well, using the word heroes very loosely here. But they, they, they but oh but one God. thing I want to bring up though is the my, my probably my. Oh, I've, I've seen I have like five of the scenes now are my favorite, but this was another one of my favorites is the rematch between Grandpa and Goldberg. Uh, it's uh... Because, let me remind you what happens. This is hilarious because we saw what happened a thousand years ago. Oh, yeah. Grandpa clearly cheated and, and won that way. So turnabout, turnabout is fair play, I guess is what they say. Goldberg now goes second. First, Grandpa goes and gets his thing very close. Happy with his turn. He's like, yeah, I'm going to win. Goldberg goes to move like he's about to do something with a rock and just grabs Grandpa's ass and throws him in the hole, straight yep. in the hole. And he went, Wee! beautiful. Goldberg wasn't taking that shit this time. He wasn't taking no chances. Threw his ass, although we found out that Grandpa was hanging on the ledge the whole time. Right. He, he clearly flew over the edge. Well, and then we get the whole BS about, uh, for some reason, they always thought that 7 o'clock their time, because apparently North Pole's on the Greenwich time, is... 12 o'clock in the North Pole. But what a lot of people don't seem to... I guess what these characters don't seem to understand is that all the time frames still loop up to the North Pole. Yeah. So you want to explain to me why you think... Because at that point, until for another five hours before it actually hits midnight your own time, it is still Christmas Day, which means this man should still have power in your time frame for another five hours. See, I think the audience was a little bit confused at this point with all what's going on. Right. Even the, even the given explanation. Basically, the bottom line is Goldberg finishes off with what he should have said. Christmas is over when I say it's over. And that's oh, yeah. And he does because he's pretty much like all the time frames go to the North Pole. So guess what, motherfucker? I get to choose. And I choose to have some fun because I've had a thousand years of not killing people. And then he gets shot with the nutcracker and somehow bleeds. And from that, he decides to get up and just leave. Yeah, that this is where he's he literally like, breaks character. He's like, well, happy holidays. I'm out of here. This is where Goldberg completely breaks character because then he just, instead of getting back up, I'm like, seriously, is that all you got to... And killing these kids. And killing them to running away... And having have the preacher impersonate him and then getting his fucking reindeer killed. Like, if you were going to run, why didn't you just get on the damn reindeer and just fly away? Yeah, so bringing back the the NRA ending. Oh, yeah. I got to say, I mean, it's a hilarious ending, though. It's, um... Oh, yeah, where they're all trying to kill this buffalo and then all of a you sudden... You got the Indian chief, you got, um... You got her father who... Well, her father comes in with the bazooka later. At the last time bazooka, which literally blows the damn buffalo <laughs> to bits. And she was like, Daddy, where'd you get the bazooka? Although, what's funny is they blow the buffalo to bits, but they assume that Goldberg blew up with it. Even though you later on see the... 
No, actually, all the, the FBI guys that came into the town after everything happened sees the preacher's body, and the kids just decide not to say anything. Yeah. They were like, yeah, let's let them believe what they want. Uh, Christmas is over. We're good. It's like, y'all do know if the, the, if the creators wanted to make a sequel, Santa Claus would have killed y'all, right? 100%. <laughs> and, and, and the ending sets up a sequel, and you have to wonder why there wasn't a sequel, because Goldberg is headed back to the... North Pole. By... Air travel now he because his fucking buffalo died. Like the rest of us, he has to take a plane. Now, my question is: Did he lose his powers though? Is he still like? Uh, he was pretty superhuman strength. I would to say. be honest, he most likely lost his power until most likely next Christmas. Okay, because so it's at like that, that point, it's, it's like the movie Santa Claus, where you literally you do lost his powers basically at midnight, essentially. Right. Okay. So he's traveling like a Joe Schmo, like us, is having honey roasted peanuts on an airplane and. <laughs> Probably not even doesn't probably have the money for. And he's class. probably sitting there wondering, he's like, why did I not bring some cookies from my wife like she told me to? Or all those houses. Here's that, a real question: Do you all those think houses I broke into, I could have took all this, took the cookies and milk. Here's so. a real question: Do you think he killed his wife? No. No. He seems like a jolly good fella. He's just mad at Grandpa. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Everybody else he killed who kind of got in his way, like the old woman on the road. Move, bitch. Get out the way. He's beeping the horn. He's giving her a chance. She didn't listen. Driven off the road. Best scene ever. <laughs> All right. I still prefer the very first scene. I I, I like every Goldberg scene. I, I, <laughs> I'm going to cut to my overall thoughts. If I could literally just watch, uh, if we took all of Goldberg scenes, just cut everything else out and put that into one movie, might be like 45 minutes. I'm pretty much feeling like that's one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. This movie gets bogged down with a crazy mythological backstory about Satan and angels from heaven and all this stuff. We just want to see Goldberg kill random people in the town. That's enough. You don't need to complicate it any more than that. You don't need to add more to it. That, for me, takes it from three stars down to two stars. Because I was flirting with three stars based on Goldberg giving a Freddy Krueger-level performance a prime leprechaun up like basically he's up there with anybody from this performance if this became a series i think that santa claus character would be like an iconic core character it's not because it only has one movie but Uh but it's up there with i mean at least um the children of the corn but (laughs) 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 maybe not the big three of freddie jason and michael but it's in that third tier with you know uh the puppet masters (laughs) anyways i'm giving it two stars because the horrible teenage characters the grandpa Doc from Back to the Future turned into the father from Seventh Heaven, Angel from Heaven. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. That all brought the story down and brought it from three stars to two stars. So only two stars for me. I would watch the hell out of a sequel, though. If they made a sequel, I'd watch the hell out of it. I'd be the first one to get it. <laughs> so I guess with my final thoughts, what you, I enjoyed, as you brought up, I enjoy Bill Go, uh, Goldberg's scenes. They were fun. They were fun to watch. He's uh, actually a pretty intimidating character because he's big. He has that big, booming voice to make himself sound even more intimidating. And then you also just got, again, he's also, when you know the fact that Goldberg was a wrestler, you know he can fight. But the problem with most of these movies is they, when you're making it pretty much a, almost a kind of a satire type movie, and you throw in an almost serious story story arc to it it really does not one it doesn't belong it puts you out of the movie in general and if you don't like the characters the movie is going to go to hell 
So with all that being said, I'm going to give this movie a one and a half. Oh, that hurt my Christmas loving heart. <laughs> a one and a half? One and a half. Jesus. Hey, I could have I went the full one, but you know. And that one half is only because you like Goldberg in the movie. You, actually, yes. And like I so, said, and... Another thing about it is the reason why I dropped because originally I was thinking about a two, but then I dropped it because I realized Goldberg is only in half the damn movie. Then you got yeah. the other half of the characters that no one gives a shit about with a story no one cares about. They just want they're just waiting, most likely playing on the phone for the next Goldberg scene. Yeah. So again, why sh- why should I give it the courtesy of having a two when I can just drop it to one and a half? I think both of us would rank it higher if the the teenage characters were like strong. The fact that by the end, we really don't care about them. And honestly, we're still pretty much cheering for Goldberg. That's the failure part of the movie because we should be cheering for them, but they're not strong enough characters. And I think that's what killed it for both of us. And they're also very annoying. They are. The, the, the main actor is like, I, I, I was like, is that, is that easy to get cast in a movie? Like I couldn't right. find any reason why he's like starring in a movie. Like I didn't see any charisma. I didn't see any emotions and any acting. And also, I don't, he, I don't expect to see him in, in a movie again. Yeah. So that's my final thoughts on this movie. And always remember, people, when when the day of slings comes around, it's probably best just to stay at home and not open your presents. Send them to my way, and I'll let you know if they're going to explode in your fucking face. I try to pedal pedal his side hustle here, which is getting everybody's Christmas presents. Don't listen to this man, all right? Rude. Doesn't, doesn't have good intentions, all right? Rude. Can I get another Tales from the Kip Laugh over here? Okay. Is it possible? With all the Mountain Dew in you, can you do it? <laughs> <laughs> if you could throw in like a Merry Christmas after that. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas! And remember, boils and ghouls, have a very happy Merry Christmas.